You are listening to the Happier at Work podcast, and I'm your host, Aoife O'Brien. This is the podcast for HR and business leaders. We talk about things like leadership, well-being at work, diversity and inclusion, and the future of work. Are you doing the things that you are responsible for and then some? Why would they fire you? Are you clearly passionate and trying to do better for the company by asking difficult questions? Why would they fire you? I remember the team that I managed at my last job. I would always be like, no one's going to fire you for trying. Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Happier at Work podcast. My guest this week is Tiana Madeira and... What intrigued me most about Tiana's story and the reason for inviting her onto the podcast was how she was able to carve her own roles in various different organizations. So she will go on to share some of that throughout the podcast. Her background is in social media and she actually built the social media and influencer department for the 1800flowers.com enterprise, which includes 12 brands and accounting. She knows a thing or two about pitching to execs, building teams, mentoring and creating a path that never existed. And this is something I think is really what is really, really intriguing about her. Uh, She's had quite a colourful life. She was actually born in Hawaii, raised in Miami and has changed career a few times in pursuit of creating a life that she really, really wants. After four years building her career in corporate, it was time to expand her possibilities. So she moved to LA and launched her podcast, Torch, which is a podcast for women in leadership focused on life, career and love provided the space to connect with like-minded leaders, host workshops and get back into what she really loves, which is building something new. Tiana has experience in marketing, building, production and community, and she has a deep passion for personal development and creating a vision for the life that leads to endless possibilities. And again, we get into touching on some of those specific areas as well during the podcast. I wanted to give you the heads up. I am taking a little short break during August. So if you are listening to this in real time, there will be a break in the podcast for a number of weeks and I will be coming back with a bang in September. But I wanted to let you know if you haven't caught up on all of the podcasts yet, there are plenty to choose from. This is episode number 75. So you have absolutely plenty to catch up on and plenty to choose from if you haven't listened to them all yet. As always, I would love to know what you think. Get involved in social media. I'm usually on LinkedIn and I occasionally tempted by Instagram, let's say. I'll be talking about the podcast in those two places in particular. If you would like to add to the conversation, I would love to hear what you think. I really hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome, Tiana, to the Happier at Work podcast. I'm absolutely delighted to have you as my guest today. We connected a few months ago, had a really great conversation. Uh, We recorded an episode of your podcast as well. So I'm really delighted to have you on my show today. Do you want to introduce yourself to listeners, give them a little bit of a flavor of your background and what we're going to talk about today? Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me. It's so great to be on your podcast now. So I host and produce Torch Podcast. It's about personal development that's focused on your overall life, but what also affects your career and relationships. And um, I'm really excited to talk about just self-leadership and how you can be happier at work by little changes and, and knowing that you have control and more power than you think you do. 
Yeah, and this is it. And I know from previous conversations that we've had, it's it's really through those experiences that you've had at work. And I suppose a similar journey to myself in that it's it's experiences that I had at work that really prompted me on the journey that I'm on now about creating happier work environments, because I think it's really, really important. So I suppose thinking about like self-leadership, like where where do we start when it comes to managing ourselves? That's a big question. It uh, is. It is a big question. Uh, <laughs> I think um, it really, it, it, you need a second to, to stop and think about what you want. Yeah. Now, that's a big, that's another big question. I think that's hard for many of us to answer. I don't expect to know where I'm going to be in a year or 10 years, but it's more the idea of where do I see holes in my life that I want to improve on, that I want to stop compl- complaining about and, and then making little adjustments. So for me personally, I knew I wanted to host a podcast and uh, I'm still in marketing. I, I do have a full-time job. I'm director at marketing at a, at a fashion brand here in Los Angeles. And before that I had a really big um, brand with a nationwide U S company but I knew I wanted to do a podcast. So I'm like, well, before I start, maybe just to get myself comfortable and to, to learn how to present better at work, maybe I just do a Toastmasters event once in a while. And so I started baby steps, but it was first the idea of noticing and, and being honest with myself of what is it that I want to do maybe one day. It wasn't, it wasn't putting myself, giving myself all this pressure, like oh, I have to buy all the podcast gear. I have to do all this. I, I should know what the title is already. Like that's too big. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. There was more the idea of like, oh, that would be fun. What would make me feel comfortable and confident to do it? And then I just did the first little thing, which was, I went to a, a Toastmasters group and it was more for me to learn how to speak off the cuff. And then also how to tell better stories because sometimes in my mind, I think everybody knows what I'm thinking. Uh, and so this, it helped me kind of tell better stories verbally than assuming everybody knew what the context was. So I think it's just baby steps of just understanding what you're interested in and then taking it really, really small because we can all overwhelm ourselves so easily and then we don't do anything. Yeah, I love that. I lo- and like, you're so right. And say, like, I suppose that the first challenge is what do you really want? You know, and that's another huge question. It's really, really big. Uh, at the same time, I think the pandemic has really given people an opportunity to reflect and m- maybe more than an opportunity, like a challenge. You're spending so much time at home. You, you're really thinking about what's important to you and your life. And I don't know if, if you've heard the stories, you know, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of it in my news feeds these days. Um, the talent tsunami and the great resignation that they say is going to happen because presumably because so many people are miserable at work or they've been treated poorly or unfairly uh, during the time of pandemic. And they're realizing now that there is, there's more to life. They want to change industry, they want to change career, or they want to do something a little bit different, or they want to have a little bit more life than work. And their current organization is not offering that. And I suppose, you know, that's given people the opportunity to think about what it is that they really want. Any thoughts around that? 
Yeah, I mean, that's important. I think, I mean, well, so I'm in America and we're such a consumerist country. And I think that is our downfall where we think we need more, more shiny things to feel good or to look good for other people that we don't even know. Yeah. And I think that that catches us in a, in a spin of, um, focusing on the career. I mean, for me, I'm in a place right now where I, I really want to save more in my, in my future the retirement. So uh, I sold a bunch of jewelry. I sold, well, I had, you know, 10 watches. I'm like, do I need 10 watches? So <laughs> I sold a lot of things that I just, that don't actually add as much value where my current, uh, my, my value system has changed. So it's more, what can I do in the future? So I'm not so reliant on certain jobs or certain income coming in because I, I feel confident that I have somewhat of a cushion. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's interesting. The pandemic changed every aspect of the economy and, um, and culture, I think that we'll see unfold in terms of, you know, birth rates and just psychologically of how children experience this. I mean, absolutely. As adults, we don't know how, how it will affect them. Um, we take it for granted that kids are malleable, but I mean, things are, things are, were heavy. So yeah, that they don't, they haven't had the opportunity to socialize necessarily with other kids or... Yeah, or just freak yeah. out about germs. Like we, as a kid, we never really, it wasn't as persistent, right? Like sometimes your mom's like, wash your hands. But this year was like, you know, you're going to die if you don't wash your hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the anxiety of, of that. Message. Yeah, for a five-year-old, I mean, I, I don't know how, I mean, it's going to be interesting how things unfold in the future. But, you know, I think the great resignation is we all have uh, social media is becoming another consumer based feature that we have in our lives or access point that we, we always kind of had the last 10 years, but now it's been blowing up even more and it's easier. It's easier and easier to become um, an influencer or to, or to make your own products, you know, your mm. t-shirt companies. And there's a girl I just saw on Instagram. She's uh, amazing. She's probably 23 or 24. She has a t-shirt company that she started at home and all she did was buy a photo booth, like a, a probably a hundred dollar photo booth from Amazon. Mm. And she hangs the clothing on it and to take photos with like a plant in the background. And then she shares the process on TikTok, and she became viral on TikTok. And then she shows photos of her shipping all the products, which is, you know, 50 to a hundred products a week. Yeah. Uh, and she's a kid. So why would she look at corporate and be like, why would I go there when yeah. this is, you know, this is fun and I get to be as creative as I want. And I think with that said, as employers uh, and employees, we have to keep in mind that, you know, everyone wants to feel some autonomy and, and some creative process, not mm. be cogs in the wheel anymore. Yeah. It's so interesting. And, um, one of the things that you mentioned was about this consumerism approach and shiny things. And we see, you know, it's uh, my neighbor has a bigger car. My neighbor has a nicer house. Like there's all these things. And I, you know, I was going to say there's no one who's immune to that. I'm sure there are people who are immune to that. And, and certainly the pandemic is starting to teach us more about the things that are really important. And it's not about the the shiny things that we have in our life. And um, the other point that you made as well was about how your value system shifted during the pandemic. And I think that's, you know, 
it maybe it's more that it's coming to light. Interestingly, the podcast that's going to be out tomorrow, but as we're recording this, it's out tomorrow. But as this is released, it'll be like a week prior. Um, so it's kind of it's it's a bit uh, it's a bit mad to be talking about it. Um, but we in it, we spoke all about values and the importance of knowing our values both as individuals, but but in organisations as well, having really clear values and making sure that those values are lived or are the lived experience of the people who work in the organisations. Um, you mentioned about social media, and I think that ties in with what you were talking about, about shiny things, because people post the best of the best, typically. Like I have seen examples where people are being vulnerable on social media, where people are saying, this is not how it always is. And like, let me show you the downsides. But when you're looking at someone else, it's always from a position of where you are. And and no matter how bad they say things are, it's still someone else. So you don't necessarily feel it. So I think when you see other people, you know, they might've bought something and they're posting about it and you're like, oh, wow, I'd love to get one of those. I think it reinforces this, the idea of consumerism as well. Um, This idea of autonomy and creativity, uh, autonomy being one of our core psychological needs at work. So we need to have that sense of autonomy in order to to feel fulfilled at work, essentially, in order to feel satisfied in in doing our jobs. Um, Creativity, I think, is... It's a funny one. I've, I've just finished reading a book all about um, psychological safety. And in it, he talks about the importance of having a psychologically safe environment. But that is because it's um, it, it can foster innovation. So having that safe environment where people are free to challenge and and going back to what you said about, you know, if someone is at the age where they would normally be entering the workforce, but they can get that aut- that autonomy and that creativity elsewhere, then why are they looking to corporate? Like, why would they even think about joining somewhere where, they, where they're not able to have that same level of autonomy and creativity? So maybe that's part of the problem as well. Oh, completely. And I, I'm reading a finance book about financial independence and in it, it's saying how important it is to, you know, save and give a cushion so that you do feel more courageous and confident at work to say, to say things and to be more innovative because you're not, the fear of being fired isn't really hanging over you as much. And it's all subtle things. Like if whoever's listening to this, you know, I'm sure at some point you you know, you want to tell your boss, hi, ah, that doesn't work. And sometimes you push back, but sometimes you're probably a little bit scared. And, um, and sometimes your gut's right where maybe you should have said something, but there's this fear of, of someone not liking us or thinking that we're difficult or thinking we're opinionated. So we don't say things. And then, so those are the things that probably could make a difference and also add value to you in the workplace, you know, feeling like you, you are empowered and you, you could say things and, and the worst thing your boss could do is say, no, not fire you, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know anyone who's been fired for or a bad idea or a yeah. crazy idea. <laughs> yeah, for sharing their opinion, you know? Yeah. So I think, you know, just being, set yourself in a place where you feel confident and, you know, what are the things that you could do so that you do show up at work, getting the autonomy that you, that everyone deserves, you know? Yeah. 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 That's a, that's a really, that's kind of like a hack almost that, um, 
you save up enough money so that it doesn't actually make a difference whether you're fired, whether you lose your job, which then reinforces your confidence to speak up at work because you don't, I was going to say you don't have anything to lose. Well, you might have your job to lose. But again, like you say, how many people have been fired for sharing an idea that turns out to be not a great idea or for, yeah, for yeah. a sharing idea? But it is like for me, we're kind of going slightly off topic here, but it is important that the leaders create that psychologically safe environment. Like it's, it is really, really important um, that they create that environment where people are free to share their ideas, to push back on things and to challenge the status quo and, and how things are actually, um, you know, how things are progressing. So it is definitely um really, really important to do that. And I know there's some examples from from your own career. Do you want to share some examples of, of how how you have sort of managed that? You know, do, if you're not comfortable going into specifics, that's fine. But 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 I remember some really great examples that you had shared previously where you you felt you felt it was OK to speak up or you felt it was OK to take on extra responsibility where oh, in yeah. an area that you had an interest in. Even if I have a dollar in the bank, that's just how I'm a little bit, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm a rebel, but I definitely, when things don't make sense to me, I, I do speak up. So yeah, I was hired by a company about five years ago and uh, they hired me to do, you know, social media management. And I was grateful because it was, the the money was great. The They paid me to move. It was a beautiful place. And I thought, you know, what the heck? And I saw the opportunity, but I didn't really see as much as I saw. I didn't know as much opportunity was there until I started. But I saw some kind of like, oh, this will be fun. I have kind of a boss, but I won't be micromanaged. Like that I already felt in the interview process. And then after, a, um, you know, six six months or so, I realized that there was so much more that um, can be done. And that it was really up to me to do it. Nobody knew, nobody, first of all, had the bandwidth, which was why they hired me. And yeah. also nobody wasn't living in the space as much as I was. So they didn't really even see what was capable or what would be appropriate or how to translate certain things on social media that would be engaging, but also on brand. And so I just started doing things without really, I wouldn't say without asking, but you know, I, I was pretty aggressive in my approach where, I put a plan together. I said, this is what we're going to do. And I slowly got approval to get my own photographer, to get an assistant, to get two interns instead of zero, because normally this role never had an intern before. So before you knew it, I had a team. And, and I remember the creative director who I did not report to, but he was in a different department. He was like, wait, where did this girl come from? She was hired to do as one person. And then now she has... I heard I heard through the grapevine that he was complaining about how like my team's getting as big as his, which he had like 15 people on his team. <laughs> but um, but knowing that if I let his, his insecurity affect me, I wouldn't have done the things I wanted to do. And I and and it really wasn't about, oh, I need to do this. It was like, well, the brand needs this. So I saw the opportunity in the brand and I noticed that nobody was putting as much attention. And so I started doing things differently. I started, you know, going on Facebook live. I started partnering with people that would make an impact with us. I started doing lifestyle photo shoots and, you know, just content that didn't exist before. And before I knew it, um, you know, I had a meeting with the, the co the, one of the founders of like the, the company that owned us. And 
long story short, I ended up hot being my role changed to be the the like main head of social for all the enterprise, which was like over 14, 15 brands. Um, so when I started the job, I saw some opportunity, but I never thought that would happen. Yeah, so yeah. you just start slowly and just doing things that, you know, I guess the point, the long story short of it is like, you see something and just because it's not like, oh, they don't pay me enough or they don't this. It's like, well, then you're living limited. You're not even excited about the job, Yeah, you know, because things are very malleable. You know, you could be getting paid nothing now, but if you're excited and you see the opportunity, what's to say in six or 12 months, you won't be getting paid more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is it. And and I was going to say, you know, what is it that stops people from taking those types of opportunities? And you hit the nail on the head there. Like, I'm not getting paid enough to do this. This is not part of my job description. Uh, I, you know, I'm afraid to try something new because maybe the safety doesn't exist within the organization. But you have demonstrated such a wonderful opportunity that you essentially created for yourself because you saw these opportunities to do things a little bit differently. You didn't, like you say, necessarily go out and ask for permission. It might have been perceived as a bit rebellious. Uh, it sounds like your coworker felt a little bit territorial or maybe challenged from what it was that you were doing. Um, there might have been a power struggle going on there or some sort of a, a funny a funny dynamic anyway where, where he was like, wait a minute, this lady came out of nowhere. <laughs> What's she doing here? And now, now she has a team that's nearly as big as mine when actually it was only like a third of the size of uh, this. Yeah, team. if that, exactly. Yeah. yeah, he was, he had his own issues. He's no yeah, longer exactly. there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's it. Yeah. And it's, and I do recall from our previous conversation as well that you're very, you take that approach that it's, that was nothing personal about you. That is totally on him. Whereas oftentimes at work, we do have this perception that if someone has a problem with us, that the problem is us as opposed to the problem right. is the other person. So right. um, I think it's it's really, really great that you're able to do that. You're like, if he has a problem, that's that's his problem. Yeah. And, it, you know, intimidation is real. And and men feel intimidated by women. Women feel intimidated by other women. And uh, it, it's just how it, it is and, and vice versa of every gender. Right. So if you go in thinking somebody doesn't like you, you're probably just triggering something in them that they don't feel like they're catching up as quickly as you are. And yeah. that's natural, you know, like that's not something to hold yourself back for. And that's not something that you're bad because, you know, somebody is intimidated or, or jealous of you. Um, so at the end of the day, it's still your life. So do you want to you know, not do things because somebody might not like you or do you want to, you know, do like create a career for yourself or have some passion during the, the hour, the work hours, you know, I want to, I mean, the amount of hours we spend working, I hope you enjoy m most, if not at least half of what you're doing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. If you'd like to know more about what I can do for your business, please head over to my website, happieratwork.ie, where I have more details on the services that I offer. I offer various different types of things for organizations like yours. I offer speaking, coaching, consulting, with a huge focus on data and analytics and how to use data to make better people decisions. I have a couple of ongoing public projects at the moment in relation to researching employee well-being, 
first-time managers and I will be making those results publicly available as well. So if you would like to get access to that, head on over to my website. This is the whole philosophy behind what I do. You know, it is about creating happier work environments and it can happen and it doesn't have to be at the sacrifice of money uh, from a from a financial business perspective or from a salary perspective. Like you can get paid well to do something you still really, really enjoy doing. Yeah. And I always see things as just um, you never know what's around the corner. So uh, I always think about it of like, oh, my God, what if I interviewed for a dream brand tomorrow. And then my portfolio shows nothing, Mm. you know, like here I had an opportunity to do really cool stuff, but because I was insecure or I didn't think I could do it, or I was afraid to ask, then I'm not even ready for the next step. And I don't know what then my, like, to be honest, I don't know what my next step is. I don't know what's around the corner, but I just know that why not put the effort now? Because I rather be prepared than, than do like, half work and, and be, I don't know, grumpy because I'm not getting X, Y, Z that I need versus Mm. knowing that it's actually up to me. Yeah. And most people like bosses are humans too. Bosses also could be intimidated by you or bosses may not like you or bosses have their own issues and they have their own, um, insecurities and stress at the job. And we have to see that as something. And, and everyone's job is to always make sure that you're putting less work on the boss. Um, and you're not creating more complications and, and by doing, by giving, uh, them less work as you like living in your passion and doing all the things that you want to do in your department. Yeah. Yeah. Now this, I, I mean, we touched on a few of the reasons why people might not feel comfortable doing that. It's not within my pay grade. I'm not getting paid enough money to do this. So there are kind of pay related reasons, which I think you kind of addressed at the start by saying, you might not be getting paid that money now, but there's an opportunity in the future for you to potentially get paid more. And I know certainly any time in work when I've got put forward for promotion, you have to demonstrate for about six months in advance of getting the promotion that you can do that that level above, that, that kind of higher level job. And um, the other reasons you touched on were people being insecure or afraid to ask. And I suppose that's just, you know, it's, getting brave and and taking those chances and and taking personal responsibility for your own career. And it's really up to individual people. There's not going to be someone else coming along to say, have you noticed what um, what Tiana is doing or have you noticed what Aoife is doing? It's really up to you to to fight your own corner. And I think it ties really well back with what we spoke about at the start of the podcast and that being what what is it that you really want? So I think for anyone who's listening today, it's thinking about in your current role, what are you doing that you really enjoy and what else would you like to be doing over and above that? And, and is there scope to take on that type of responsibility? Um, is there scope to 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 take more uh, into your role? And, and I know before we started recording, I, I talked about this concept of job crafting, which is, it sounds like exactly what you've done, which is this notion that you, you have the kind of core role of things that you need to do, uh, but then you take on additional responsibilities. And the, the example, I, I, I learned about this from doing the masters in organizational behavior. And the example that was used there was uh, janitors in a hospital where they're paid to, to sweep the floor, to mop, to clean up. But actually to make the role more enjoyable, they started talking to patients 
which was not officially part of their job description, but it made the patient's stay more enjoyable and it made their role more enjoyable as well because they had that human interaction as well. You know, um, it's just something that that always really stuck with me. So if there is an opportunity to craft your job in some way, then certainly look out for that. Yeah. Well, before um, we get into that, I think aside from you know, oh, it's above my, it's not in my pay grade. I think that's an excuse to be honest. Like as we were talking, I thought about that's not even real because it's an excuse to stay small and it's an yeah. excuse to not be responsible. It's easier to just say, oh, you know, I, they're not paying me. So like, forget, like, you know, forget them. Um, it's just a company, forget it. But again, it's, it's just, it's not that it's bigger than that. It's, it's how are you showing up now to be ready for the next thing? And if you're, then you're always going to have an excuse of like, oh, it's not on my pay. It's not on my pay. But then you go home and you complain that you don't like your job and that you don't, you don't get to do the things you want to do, but yet you're actually not doing the things you want to do because of you. Not yes. because, because someone's paying you the, the quote unquote right amount, you know? Yeah. 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 Love that. Um, I loved how you phrased that as well. It's an excuse to say small. It's so true. And, you know, if I think about the potential that's out there within people that just needs to be unleashed and in a work context, I see that as the responsibility of the manager, the direct manager to be able to unleash the talent within the team, to know what they're good at, to challenge them, and to give them those opportunities you know, and, and and maybe to challenge them to think like, what is it that I really want to do here? What is it that I'm really, really good at? Um, and, and this concept has kind of been weaved through this episode of the podcast, I feel, uh, is the personal responsibility. So the other part of that was like, is it an excuse to stay small or it's an excuse not to be responsible? Yeah, it's it's easier to like and it's scary to ha- to know that you have all the responsibility for yourself. I mean, that's stuff I'm still working on because the other things in my life I want I want to improve or work on, um, and I have to keep reminding myself it's only up to me. Yeah, it's such a good reminder, and I think you know, and 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 there have been a couple of previous episodes where we have spoken about and and one in particular that springs to mind is um Pauline Rodish I think it was is fairly early on in in the podcast and that's exactly the phrase she used if it if it is to be it is up to me and I'm sure that's from someone else and I've completely oh, cool. butchered the quote but um but yeah like it's it's so true and I think we're getting into the heart of the issue here where people make excuses but they're actually excuses for not taking personal responsibility for themselves I always like to think that there is always a choice somewhere and it's even by convincing yourself, like I have to do this job, I have to go to work, I have to do this, even just changing our language to I choose to do this because I want to support my family, I choose to do this because I want to save money to do X, Y, Z. I choose to do this because I want to have a a good retirement. There's always a reason behind why people stay doing what they do. And if they change the language on that, and if they change their thought to say, I am responsible and I choose to do what it is that I'm doing, then I think that that shifts something in our minds that kind of, it, it, it makes us see things differently, but it also shows that there are, op- that there are other options. It's not just about, I, 
uh, I have to do something. It's I actually get, I get to, or I choose to. Right, right, right. Yeah. Cause I always think about, it. I'm like, well, if I am miserable, I mean, I could also just be a librarian or I could, you know, have a simpler life, a simpler job. But I know after a month I would probably go crazy. You know, I need certain things in my life to stimulate me to feel excited about life and excited about work. So. Yeah, this is it. And I think going back again to what you said at the start, it's about knowing yourself about having that level of self-awareness and what is it that I really want? What is it that I'm good at? And if I take this job, is it going to make me miserable? It might be more money, but actually, will it make me miserable in the longer term? Because it's not tapping into what it is that I really, really, really want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Any, any more thoughts to share around this idea of personal responsibility or job crafting? I think it's, um, again, you know, if, if a lot of the fear is coming from more, will my, will my boss fire me? Cause I'm thinking, what's the worst thing people can think of at work? Yeah, yeah. You have to deal with the biggest fear. If the biggest fear is really that you could be fired, you have to ask yourself, is that really possible? You know, like, are you doing the things that you are responsible for? And then some, why would they fire you? Are you clearly passionate and trying to do better for the company by asking different difficult questions or different questions, why would they fire you? So I remember the team that I managed at my last job, um, I would always be like, no one's going to fire you for trying. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you have to keep telling yourself that because I think it's kind of like in a love relationship, like the worst thing they could do is what break up with you. That's not the worst thing in, that could happen in your life. And so the same thing with work, if it, what's the worst thing that they fire you, then how do you come to terms with that by realizing that's a ridiculous fear? I mean, it could happen, but it's also, what are the things that you can do to keep proving to yourself that, 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 that fear is pretty unrealistic? You know, um, I think that's really important. And also if I, if I want to read a quote, so Neil Strauss is somebody I follow on, uh, on Instagram. I think he's an author. Uh, he's, I think he's written a few things. The name rings a bell to me. All right. Yeah. The truth, the dirt, the game emergency. He's written a few books, but I follow him on Instagram and his, his quotes that he shares are always life-changing to me. And one yeah. I found um, that I thought it was kind of cool for this. He says, in life, people to people tend to wait for good things to come to them. And by waiting, they miss out. Usually what you wish for doesn't fall in your lap. It falls somewhere nearby and you have to recognize it, stand up and put in the time and work to get it. This isn't because the universe is cruel. It's because it's smart it has its own cat string theory and knows we don't appreciate things that fall into our laps. So when I read quotes like that, I always think everyone is going through this. This is not just yeah. me. Yeah. And if you look around you at, at uh, you know, success is different to everybody, but if you understand what success means to you and you see people who are quote unquote successful and in, in how you value things, you know, no one did it by just sitting around or like doing what was in their pay grade or doing what was safe or, you know, you have to stretch a little bit. And I think mm. that's just a reminder of, you know, thinking about what's the worst that can happen 
And that usually may not ever happen. Didn't Mark Twain even say the worst things that have happened to me never happened to me at all? Something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that it was it was all in his mind, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's all anxiety. Yeah, yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. The worst things have never actually happened. Or yeah, they've only ever happened in my imagination <laughs> or something like that. Um, but it's, yeah, I mean, that, that quote is is just... It's amazing. I love it. And it's so true as well. Like when something just sort of falls into your lap, you do sort of, you don't really, you take it for granted. I think you, you you haven't, you don't, you don't feel like you've worked for it. Therefore, like, (laughs) do I actually deserve this? Or, you know, there's all that kind of stuff that goes with it. Um, I love this thing about like, no one is going to fire you for trying. And I think even if they do, and and the the book that I read on psychological safety, the one that I've just finished reading, in it they talk about those types of environments where it's not safe and people do speak up and they do challenge the status quo and they're quickly shot down. And you learn, I think, not to do that again. If that has happened in the past, you do learn not to do it again because it's scary and it's embarrassing and it, it, it could damage your career, all of these kinds of things. But what I would say to that is if that's if that has happened or if that does happen, then it's clearly not the right environment for you, because if you're if you're free to speak up about something that's happening or if you feel like you should speak up about something and you're not listened to, then why would you stay in that environment anyway? So if even if you are fired in that situation, then maybe that is for the best. Yeah, it sounds very threatening environment where yeah. the, the bosses or whoever's in 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 control, feel very threatened by anybody's opinions. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Tiana, the question I ask everyone who comes on the Happier at Work podcast, what makes you happier at work? Autonomy and and pr- pr- uh, production. So creating things and, and having some free will. Brilliant. Love it. Yeah. And if people want to connect with you, if they want to reach out, you mentioned Instagram, you mentioned your, your podcast earlier. Do you want to remind people uh, about where they can find that? Yeah. So you could go to torchpodcast.com. And then on Instagram, I'm most active in my personal account. It's Tiana Picks. That's T-I-A-N-A-P-I-X. And um, yeah, we could find me there. I talk about life in LA. I talk about a lot of different things. Um, and Torch Podcast is great because it's a lot of amazing, uh, mainly women are my guests and it's it's been incredible. If I had, I've had about f- over 54 episodes wow. um, and each one has been, I don't know, very incredible and just yeah. amazing to connect with women like you. So it's been yeah. great. Brilliant. Thank you so much. And thank you for your time today. I really, really enjoyed the conversation and I really hope that at least one person who's listening to this today takes something from it and takes some action as a result of listening into the podcast today. Me too. Thank you for having me. That was Tiana Madeira and I really, really enjoyed that conversation with Tiana. If you would like to get involved in the conversation as well, please connect on social media. I'm usually posting about the latest podcast uh, for sure on LinkedIn and oftentimes on Instagram as well. You will find the link to my social media in the show notes if you are not already connected with me, but I would love to know and get your own views on the discussion that we had today. Now, in in kind of summarising, in wrapping up what we talked about, where we started the podcast was by questioning, like, what do you really 
want. And I think the pandemic has really brought this to the fore where people are thinking about what it is that they really, really want from life. And, um, you know, we, we started talking about the great resignation, the talent tsunami, some people are calling it. And one of the areas to consider is in your life currently, where do you see holes? Like what's actually missing for you? We spoke about having a sense of autonomy and creativity and how they are really important. And sometimes what it takes is having a a cushion to fall back on. So you have that sense of financial freedom. If you want to go and pursue something that you really, really want to do, that you have that bit of a cushion to be able to do that. And I know certainly in my own experience, I have been lucky to have saved money to be able to do that and to support myself traveling, to support myself when I wasn't working. Another area that we spoke about as well is this idea of limiting beliefs and sometimes being insecure or being afraid to ask and not being ready to take that next step in in your career. And one of the areas or one of the solutions put forward to this was to consider that bosses are actually human too. And you'll hear me talking about this a lot on the podcast, that it's it really is about treating people like humans and creating an environment where people feel safe, that they can ask for what it is that they want and ask for what it is that they need and have those sometimes difficult conversations. We touched on the idea of job crafting, and I think this is what drew me to Tiana in the first place, that idea of being able to mould the role that you have to really suit the skills that you have or the ambitions that you have in your career and to create your own opportunities. It's not always feasible, but it's definitely keeping an eye out for those opportunities and seeing where you can do more of what you really, really enjoy. So long as what is required of you, what the expectations that you are going to deliver on are met, then looking for ways to add to that as a way to be happier at work, essentially. Another area that we spoke about, and I really liked this as an insight, was this idea of using this as an excuse to stay small or not taking personal responsibility for your life. It's easier just to play small. It's easier not to take responsibility because it's scary to be responsible. The biggest fear that people have tends to be, I could be fired. But I loved what Tiana had to say about this. No one is going to fire you for trying. I found that a lot of this conversation reflected some of the recent discussions that we have had on the podcast around values and finding an organization where your values align, but also being in a position where you feel safe to speak up and to ask for what it is that you want. So creating that psychologically safe environment or noticing whether or not you are in a psychologically safe environment. As I mentioned at the start of the episode, I will be taking a break from the podcast throughout August. Uh, I'm going to practice what I preach and take a well-needed rest from recording the podcast essentially every week for the for the last mm, nearly year. I did take a break after I submitted my dissertation last year. I will be back again in September with some more great guests lined up for the remainder of this year. If you are listening on SoundCloud or on Spotify, I have set up 
some really handy ways to listen to the podcast in the form of playlists. So the playlists are divided into the four core areas that are covered on the podcast being leadership, the future of work, well-being at work and diversity and inclusion. So if you want to check those out and have a listen to some of the previous episodes, you are very welcome to do so. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Happier at Work podcast. I'm delighted to have you here. If you enjoyed this podcast, I'd love if you could rate or review the podcast or share it with a friend. You'll find me on the website happieratwork.ie. 